This is Brett. And this is Steve. And we're just talking about Star Wars all the time on the Skywalk. up move milkers welcome back to the skywalk episode i don't even know what number it is steve maybe 138 that might be wrong i didn't even check i don't know that uh steve and i are here with a very special episode a bonus episode steve jeff and i just released an episode this past monday we're not planning on doing another episode and here's the thing here's why jeff's not here today one of the reasons why other than having a very busy life and a youngling to raise um Mm -hmm. jeff has not watched chapter five of the book of Boba Fett yet. So he's, he's dir- saving he, 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 He's a dirty casual. That's what it is. <laughs> Say, yeah, he's saving it. What does I'm, saving it mean? Saving it for what? I'm glad he's going to hear this. Um, because he's, so he's. The three foot of snow we're getting. Here's the thing he's about Jeff, right? That? So Jeff feels short change when, you know, sometimes they drop these episodes that are like 32 minutes long. And, oh, sure. No, I get that. Yeah. yeah. So, he, that's, so that's part of his thing is like, I want to save that and put it with like, you know, and that, that would have been a great, uh, a great strategy for the first two episodes of the season. You know, the first one was kind of short, not a lot going on. Second one was like really big. Uh, So he's doing that. Um, Okay. And so we have with us again, our pal Steelbook Steve. Welcome back, Steve. Thank you for having me, Brett. Uh, The last time we talked about chapter two of the book of Boba Fett, we've been trying to do more episodes with these episodes of the book of Boba Fett, because there's always something to talk about. And today we're going to talk about the illustrious, Bryce Dallas Howard B-D-H. and the amazing job, amazing job she did on chapter yep. five, the return of the Mandalorian, which as people have pointed out, really did feel like the return of the show, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I have no problem yeah. with that. But before we get into it, Steve, social meteors, this is where the good move milkers can find us on social media. And Steve, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, I didn't even bring up the info to read today. So I'm going to go off the top of my head with this. So it might not be accurate on, um, Apple podcast, search for the skywalk sky as in sky walk as in the thing you cook in spell W O K subscribe there and leave us a review. Uh, Spotify. I don't even know. Don't bother with Spotify, uh, Twitter at the skywalk disgrace book at no disgrace book, the skywalk Instagram at the skywalk. And Potomatic is something like Star Wars over coffee. At Potomatic.com. Dot Potomatic. That's it. Dot Potomatic.com. Ah, uh, okay. And yeah. all the other social media platforms. <laughs> Stitcher, Podbean, <laughs> Avalanche, Vesuvius, Kilimanjaro. Lookface. <laughs> Snaphead. Yep. It's on all of them, Steve. Mm-hmm. Steve, let's get into The Return of the Mandalorian. I don't know about you, Steve. Uh, after this episode, I was absolutely giddy. Like 100% giddy, over the moon, so ha- happier than I've been in a long time. I think happier than I've been with any other episode of either The Book of Boba Fett or The Mandalorian. Oof, that's a big statement, but I, I feel you. This was excellent excellent i'm there's a part of me that is there's a little part of me i've heard some people talk about this too the little part of me that's like you know what boba fett series seven episodes but now one of them is totally mando yeah okay but it was so good it's it's hard for me i can't fault it 
I can't right. fault it. Right. And, and, you know, just conceptually, I don't know. I, you know, I was thinking of how season two of The Mandalorian, it felt like a very deliberate crossroads of a bunch of other shows they wanted to launch. Right. And and to me, it didn't always feel organic. It felt like, all right, well, uh, this week we are starting the Bo-Katan show. Next week, we'll visit Ahsoka so yep. we can get her thing kicked off. And then, you know, and it went from there. Whereas this feels- And Boba Fett. And Boba Fett, right? At the end of the, right. at the, end of the season. With, this, two out of th- with two out of three with that, though. Yeah. Now, we don't have an official announcement or anything on a Bo-Katan show. Right. But Ming-Na Wen, Fennec mm-hmm. Shand herself, tweeted out a congratulations to Katie Sackhoff on her show and then quickly deleted it. And I saw that. Once. Yes. So- there could be a, re, a Bo-Katan show coming. I, and it makes sense. And, and prop, maybe maybe that replaces the uh, the escapades of Cara Dune. I don't know. The the New Republic Rangers. The Ka- Cara who? The Rescue Republic Rangers. Yeah, yeah so. Never. Yeah. Steve, do you know, by the way, Ming-Na Wen, 58 years old. Is that unbelievable wow. or what? Yeah. I look 80 compared to her. <laughs> Good grief. 58? Really? 58. Come on, man. Unreal. Unreal. She has a back to tank okay. in real life, obviously. Yes. Um, yes. But but conceptually, Steve, like this didn't feel that way to me, even though this was such this was such a pivot or a detour. You know, like we, we knew it was coming because of what happened at the end of last episode. But yeah, I think a lot of us were taken aback that they were just like, oh, yeah, guess what? This whole episode is just Mando. Boba never shows up. And to me, that didn't matter. I know there's idiots online. They're like, oh, you know, this means Bo- this means Boba isn't good because this episode of Mando was really great. Like, who cares? It's all great. And- yeah, I'm sure they I'm sure they came up with and wrote and stuck this in after the first couple episodes when people weren't sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure they put it together that quick and yeah. forced it forced it into the series. Yeah. You know, Steve, it's a bunch of nerds and they're just creating things in CG to put in the volume. And they made this episode over the last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard just happened to be available. Um, Of course. Anyway, uh, Steve, Bryce Dallas Howard. uh, This was the first time this season that I saw beforehand who it was directing the episode. Somebody tweeted it out the night before. I haven't been seeing who's directing these until after the fact. But this time somebody tweeted out that Bryce Dallas Howard was directing. Mm-hmm. So I was already kind of like, oh, this is going to be good. Like this is going to be at least very good, if not great. No, and you're what- right about that. I didn't hear about the directors beforehand until now too. I mean, in, other than Robert Rodriguez, I didn't hear, I, I did, honestly, I didn't know who the other directors were. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been, okay. it was Robert Rodriguez. Uh, Steph Green, I think directed chapter two. I was not aware of her until that episode. Um mm-hmm. Uh, somebody else directed, I think, the fourth one, and I don't remember his name. But here's a cool thing, Steve. Slightly longer name, I think. <laughs> the best episodes of these two shows have been, uh, my favorite, have been one directed by a black man, all the others directed by women. And that is really cool. And I, I've, I hear a lot of people like now talking about Bryce Dallas Howard like, Give her a Star Wars, just like Deb Chow after her amazing episodes of The Mandalorian. Sure. <laughs> her, like, and they did. They gave her Kenobi, which yep. is like, you know, is it even better than getting you know a Star May- Wars film? Maybe she gets the Bo-Katan show. Did you see the glowing reports that uh, Katie Sackhoff gave about Bryce and working with Bryce? No. She's a huge fan. Yeah. I, I got be, that impression. Yeah, I got that impression even after her, her episode of season one of The Mandalorian, uh, yep. The Sanctuary. Uh, people seem to really enjoy working ah, with her. And I want to live in that village, man. 
Isn't it the best? Yes. Like Steve, before this show came out, Jeff and I talked on this podcast about how like we really hoped, right? That at the very least, what you would get is occasionally you would get an episode that's just so good that it's just like a Star Wars film, but short where you just want to watch it over and over and over and over again. And it's like, and we've gotten that so often. I mean, there's very few episodes that I don't want to go back and rewatch, if any. But there's some that are Mm -hmm. like super rewatchable, like her episodes, like this new episode. I queued it up last night to to confirm that you were wrong in our yeah. text message thread. Yep. And I hit play so I could then skip all the way forward. And t- 10 minutes later, I'm still watching the episode. Right. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And I don't remember. My, was my I wrong? My kids came charging down the stairs. Yeah, we'll get to why you I was wrong. Ro- okay, yeah. 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 I, well, I figured. I just assumed. It's the only time I'm right is when I assumed I was wrong. Um, so let's get into the episode, Steve. Enough. I mean, we, we can keep gushing about Bryce Dallas yeah. Howard. Um, well, let me do one more thing. Everybody, so this is one of those weird times where, despite, you know, the few haters that we mentioned already, like there was, this was almost universal praise mm-hmm. in the Star Wars fandom, which I think is awesome. And it was like, everybody was saying the same things. Everybody was feeling the same things. Watching the episode, one of the things that really stood out, because this doesn't always happen with these shows, was like the pacing like when something needed to happen fast and dramatic and loud it did Mm -hmm. and then when something needed to be kind of quiet and slow and breathe a little bit it did and everything just felt right and what i find really fascinating and i guess this is a credit to john favreau who writes all of these was this is sort of a backward structure of what you expect from a star war so Jeff was actually asking me, you know, I was telling him like, hey, you might want to think about watching episode five and then put six and seven together. And he was like, well, why that, is, is it that good? And I was just that makes like, sense, yeah. what, like, what do I tell him? Because I don't want to like oversell it because then yeah. I'm thinking about the episode. And it's like, other than the Mando covert thing, which we'll talk about, nothing really happens. No. Except for the fact that everybody's in love with that one particular ship that we'll talk about in a second. But like, it's, it's sort of, you know, not a lot going on. So I don't even know how to describe why it is so good. Yeah. And it almost has this reverse structure where all the action happens up front. And then there's like the real climax, which is only about 10 or 15 minutes in. But then somehow it keeps getting better, even though less and less is happening in the episode. So mm-hmm. I just, I, I, you know, I just think it's amazing. And that's, that's why, to me, this felt way more organic in terms of, you know, bringing Mando back in and sort of reinserting him into the story to see where it goes forward. But let's go back, Steve, as you suggested to me beforehand, to the beginning of the episode. So let's start at yeah. the butcher shop, Steve. Yeah. Look, we walk in. And a Klaatuinian-looking Rocky Balboa is in there hitting the meat. <laughs> He's getting his workout and snapping, walk, you know, banter ribs. That's the boxing montage. Right, which kind of sounds like Mandalorian. Yep. Big thank you. Right. Um, and, dude, you get that silhouette, and uh, you knew who that silhouette was right away. Even yeah. though, you know, uh, it looks like a Mandalorian arm right away. No. Right. We knew that wasn't Boba Fett. Yep. The the, the silhouette was not him. Yeah, you Boom. could see the spear sticking out of the back. Which, that, yeah, that was a giveaway. Right. Yep. And, and a funny thing about that moment, Steve, that's one of those ones that, you know, like if you describe that to somebody, it might sound a little hokey. And it's mm-hmm. like, and you know, you kind of see it coming and it shouldn't work, but you're still pumped. Like, it's just so good. <laughs> so good. What do you think about, so this, and then Steve, 
you have the very, I don't know, like, is this the most Disney Plus has really pushed it in terms of? Uh, um, oh, in the uh, when he makes his way to the office. Yeah. When he, the, the confrontation in the office. Because the butcher shop in itself is sort of like, you know, foreshadowing of what about what Mando's about to do in the little back yeah, and office. The whole aesthetic of that. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm not a horror movie guy. Yeah. I did same here. Not something I've seen much of in the last 30 years, but uh, like I've seen, you know, I've seen trailers from movies and when he's walking through that and it's, it's a butcher shop, it's a, it's a meat processing area and mm-hmm. it's kind of dirty and cold and dank looking. Now I was waiting to see a guy handcuffed to a pipe, like in the movie <laughs> saw yeah. It, yeah, it was, it looks so good. Yep. Yep. And then he finds his man. He puts the puck down. I'm looking right at him. <laughs> that ugly dog face gangster looking guy. Who was uh, great, by the way. Like the, mm-hmm. the funny thing is, oh, and one aside, Steve, I don't know if you noticed in the concept art in the closing credits, that butcher shop was full of Tauntaun heads, which, so oh, I don't really? know, like, yeah, because when you're I, looking, you're like, I wonder what creature, you know, as a Star Wars fan, you're like, well, you got to know what creature, you know, these these big slabs of meat are from. And I don't know, I guess they're Tauntauns because in, yeah, in the credits, they're Tauntauns. Yeah, I don't remember, and I don't remember seeing those heads present in the episode. And they're gross, and that's probably why they were like, yeah, you know what, let's just show some some meaty ribcage and, and leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Doggo, man, you know, tries to get, tries to uh, slide, slime, what's the word I'm looking for? Slip his way out of this situation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mando cuts people in half. Okay, so, no, look, oh. He 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 rolls out that line, warm or cold. Oh, and we he knew as soon as he said that it was on. <laughs> there, there was no there was no more negotiating. Right. There was going to be no negotiations. And then then one of the henchmen dogmen bit him in the hand when he tried to pull his blaster out, <laughs> which was awesome. Like that's yeah. the thing I, I expected to see if you know a fight. You you know these guys are going to throw down. But that quick action kind of jolted you because yeah you knew he was reaching for his gun then all of a sudden the guy bit him right and it, uh, the right. scene really took off which is amazing which if you're a clatoonian uh, that's what you should do right i mean that is your yeah that is you're your means of people. defense mm-hmm. um that scene was incredible and just seeing mando wield the dark saber and steve some of this stuff it's like again the entrance that you talked about mando throwing down with a dark saber feels mm-hmm. like shooting fish in a bucket but but it works like it's so it totally works cool the the funny thing about this dark saber and you know we see it again later we'll talk about it but the i don't know if i was texting you or gerard or somebody but the the difficulty he had in swinging that sword mm-hmm. i wonder i wonder i mean clearly it looks different the, the hilt is different its construction is different than your standard lightsaber mm-hmm. i wonder is this something inherently heavier to it? Is the mechanism, does the mechanism work different? Because Luke took his father's lightsaber out of Obi-Wan's hands in yeah. Obi-Wan's hut like no and problem. waved it around like he was conducting an orchestra. Like a with glow a big stick. Lit and yeah, <laughs> and it was no thing at all. Yeah. Yet Din Djarin can barely lift it up off the floor. He's, he's swinging it like a little kid with a full-size baseball bat for the first time. Right. Well, so and then which was the, fantastic, but the armorer mentions something about that, um, and you know she kind of says, "Oh, hold on, hold on, Steve." Technical diffs 
Hold on. Give it a second because we're not editing today. You still seeing me? I can hear you and see you, but you were out of pace for a second. There. Okay. Your video right. was I'm now back. You're good. I'm back yeah. in pace. All right. We're synced up. Um, yeah. The armor mentioned something about, you know, you're not fighting. Uh, you're fighting the saber. You're not fighting your opponent. And it gets heavier yeah. the longer you basically she's like, the more you misuse it, the harder it's going to get because you're terrible at it. So she's right. trying to train him at that point. And I, I, I took it that that was why it seemed so heavy. And Steve, one of the little and this is the thing when you. Sometimes when an episode is great, it's just great. Like everything clicks. Him hurting himself with the I dark love saber. that. <laughs> so good. Own, he almost cleaved his own leg <laughs> off. <laughs> and that becomes a thing. Like, and that, you know, I, I was talking to Jeff Steve in the last episode about how, like, the show has been so good. It's making me, and sometimes bad, right? Like, we joke about the, Boba, the book of Boba Fett has had some really goofy moments, too. That I find hilarious, but always fun. So I don't care. Um, but like, it's making me want to know more about the writing and, and and to sort of pay more attention. You know, him just cutting himself with the with the dark saber. It's not. It, it was kind of funny. It was kind of interesting. But it serves a purpose later on because now you go to the co the the covert right, mm-hmm. and they fix him up. And that's sort of like an endearing thing. Like, hey, these guys are like patching it back up. They're okay. They're on good terms. They're helping him out. Um, and so I don't know. I, and there are so many little things in this that I think s- serve that kind of purpose. Yep. Um, oh, so Steve also, so he goes from there mm-hmm. and then starts traversing this space ring, uh, which I, apparently I was reading last night. This, this concept originally comes, it's been in other things. People are saying, I guess that's a thing in Halo in, in the Halo games, um, there was something like it thing, in yeah. a movie called, I think it's called Elysium, that thing with Matt Damon and Neil yeah, him and him and Jody, Jody Foster a few, a few years back. I right. didn't see that. So there's, you know, there's been forms of this thing, but I guess it comes from this one sci-fi book, maybe in like the fifties or something. But anyway, this, it was so good. Like it, it, it pushes Star Wars forward in my opinion, yeah, because, does. you know, there's so much of the same aesthetic that we see so often. That- that episode probably cost more than all the episodes combined. That's another thing, Steve, that's so fascinating, <laughs> right? It's like resource allocation. And it, like to me, like this is all so good. That looked like, I, it looked like legit Star Wars cinema. It looked awesome. I, I kept saying that to my wife. I'm like, I feel like we're watching a movie right now. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the episode, I'm like saying the, the, the thing that we'll get to when he takes flight for the first time with his new ship looked. I mean, I can't think of anything that looked better than that. In any no. in any movie, any movie, any Star Wars movie or anything else, it, it looked so incredibly real. And we've talked about how the stuff they're doing in the volume, it always looks good, right? Yeah. When they're running around Mos Espa in the first few episodes of this show, it looks good, you know? Well, but you were kind of A lot aware. of that stuff, a yeah. lot of that Mos Espa running around and walking around, I guess that a lot of that was backlot work. Yeah. That, right. that wasn't all in, in like their, their slow... That slow chase scene with the bikes. That was <laughs> yeah. a lot of that was live, like real live action. You mean like the the, the Austin Powers hallway chase? Yes. From uh, yes, <laughs> from yes with the car- with the carnival ride cars, um, uh, the bumper cars. The, yeah. okay, we're gonna go to that's uh, we watched the Perfect Storm the other yeah. day, Steve. We were watching Mark Wahlberg talk about the bumper cars. Oh my word! What's worse than listening to Mark Beach. Wahlberg try to fake his own accent? What's worse than Mark Wahlberg? Anyway, Steve. So um, going back to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So going back to, uh, so the, the ring, I mean, everything just looks amazing. Oh, and Steve, this is what I'm saying. This episode was so good. I have not felt 
like I was back in 1983 again, you know, at, at any point to this degree, mm-hmm. like I felt like it reminded oh. me, you know, I, when I was, you know, a kid growing up, I was into Star Wars from, you know, the second I was born pretty much because it had just come out. Uh, no, I was born four months before it came out. I know I'm glitching again, Steve. You yeah, still hear me okay, good? Though. Okay. It's still good. We're on. Technical diffs, people. We'll work don't through worry about. Don't worry about the video. Just keep rolling. All right. Um, the dark saber is getting heavier for me. Um, yeah, it is. So yeah. So, okay. So now we get, we get that big commando trooper again, or whatever his face is Paz Vizsla. Right. Which I believe is voiced by John Favreau. Correct. That's what um, I understood. I didn't see his name in the credits this time, but he was no, in the Mandalorian. It didn't, it didn't put him in there in the order of appearance. It went from right from Emily Swallow to, um, Pelimoto, whatever her name is. Right. Amy right, Sedaris. Right, right. Um, backwater Ripley. So they start talking and the armor, the armor makes starts, it turns the spear into something for Grogu. We're really not sure what it is, but tied it into a little bonnet, which, oh, look, it looks just like Grogu's ears. And it's <laughs> right, right. But the, the funny about the spear, she convinces him that he, he, sh- he shouldn't have it because that pierces, that can pierce Mandalorian armor. Yeah. And there shouldn't be weapons that can do that. Yep. So they took it down, forged it into something different. And another thing about that moment, Steve, going back to the writing again, and again, on the second watch, right, and watched it again the next day. And, you know, it occurred to me that a lot of what they're doing, too, they're really tugging at the heartstrings because Mando is such a good soldier. Like, yeah. he is such a he humble. Just handed, handed it, handed over. it right over. Yeah, okay, take my spear. It's awesome. It was, it was a uh, gift from a Jedi. Right? <laughs> yeah, no there big deal. Go. I don't need that. Just a gift from one of the greatest Jedi of all time. But uh, yeah, sure. Yep. Melt it down. Thanks. Um, and he's such a good trooper so that then when what happens next happens, it hurts that much more. It does. It does. It, look, I understand, I understand convictions and, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, rules and regulations and blah, blah, blah. But you're down to two, bro. Yeah. You're down to three. Right. And Mando removed his helmet specifically to save the person he was in charge of right grogu who the armorer convinced him needed he needed to go on a mission and it was his yeah. solemn duty yeah to protect and deliver yeah he had her people. blessing man and he had to do that to you know make their plan work yep and she's like hey, you're no longer a mandalorian out of here oh chill Which, oh I mean, I guess, man, you know, Mando Din didn't need to say anything, like try to explain himself. She was going to do what she was going to do. Oh, yeah. They were not interested, right? They're just not interested at all. They're so stoic, you know? Um, Yeah. We're we're not talking about the fact that that the duel with him and Paz Vizsla, because Paz now tries to take the Darksaber in combat because that is his ancestor's creation, his weapon. Right. right. Tar Vizsla, the former Mandalorian Jedi. Yeah. Which... That was a fun sequence. He was getting the best of them, but then my man Din came back with the throat with a yeah. da- it yeah. might be a vibroblade. I I, it looked like it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Which he, you know, would have won the duel, but then all of a sudden, instead of discussing the buckets and right, he kicked, get kicked out the club. Yep, yep. Um, I have a question for you, Steve, because I think yes. you know maybe more about Mandalorian lore than I do. Mm. Now she referenced, right? So then you get that flashback flashback sequence of the purge. Oh, our first live action sequence of Amazing. actual Mandalore and that that genocide, if you will. A yeah. bunch of K2 droids looking like Terminators, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, which the, some of those flashbacks in T two. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I took that to be an homage, like a very deliberate homage, probably, sure. most likely. Um, now she mm-hmm. refers to them having been on the moon. Oh, now I forgot the name of the moon. But I know what you're talking about. Yep. Now, does that mean now, Steve? My recollection of that was that from from the Clone Wars, and I haven't seen those episodes in a while, but. Weren't the ones on that moon the sort of terror cell that were trying to sabotage Mandalorian peace? That was um, how I remembered it. And I haven't really... It's funny because people are gushing all over the internet about this episode, but I haven't read up specifically on that aspect of it. Because that you know, might be accurate. Yeah. That might be accurate. The thing that triggered a memory for me, though, and I don't know if this is all EU material, mm-hmm. old legend stuff, was that that was where Jango Fritt was born or from originally. Was oh. that that planet or that moon yeah so that that, that's why why it triggered with me i'm like oh i remember that name i I think that's what jango fett's actually from but at the same time yeah them you know the the empire didn't kill every moon in the system or planet in the system they they attacked the home world and you know turned it into flames yep yeah i mean i'm pretty sure just just from remembering back you know seeing seeing those episodes i know that when that stuff was going on and and you know, Duchess Satine wanted Mandalore to become mm-hmm. a peaceful planet and everything. And there were the ones, the extremists who were against it. I'm pretty sure they were hiding out on that moon for a while. I'm yeah, I'll have to go back and double check that. But the extremists against it, were they led by one of that, uh, that thug that was in the, the final few episodes of season seven of the Clone Wars? He was, um, I don't know, he oh, yeah, the, the guy who sort of, yeah, um, maybe. I don't know if he was affiliated yeah. with them. He was clearly a bad guy. On but the what's side cool of the about it? Yeah, and, w- and what's cool but, about it is, though, what, like what it means for Mando's covert and where they actually came from, right? Like mm-hmm. their, where, their history, you know, could get very interesting. And of course, as we'll, as we'll talk about in a little bit, all of this yep. leading into, you know, before this episode, I was not that interested in Mandalorian season three. I, not, not that I wouldn't be by the time it comes out, but not knowing anything. I kind of thought, sure. you know, they wrapped things up kind of neatly at the end yeah, of we season weren't, two. Yeah, we weren't really primed for, there was no cliffhanger. Yeah. I mean, he fulfilled his mission. And yeah. I mean, if you wanted to think about, okay, well, there's, now there's this Darksaber dispute. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be actual man, Mandalorian and general centric moving forward? But but now, Steve, now they sort of set up, the table, yeah, to make it really he, interesting, you know. And, I, and shows, I've said before. He shows, up with the, he shows up with the sword. Right. So, you know, they obviously didn't fight for it. Right. Or if they did, maybe no, they couldn't have. They and though Steve, probably... well, and, and, and you know, to your point, mm-hmm. when he leaves, when he gets kicked out of the covert, mm-hmm. they never ask for the saber back. You know, they're, they're still, you know, and that, that's what's so right. awesome about, you know, it's like the double edged sword, no pun intended for reals of like they have their rules and they stick to them. So that's terrible that's sword. when Mando's being kicked out of the order. But it's good when they're like, yeah, that's yours. Um, you earned it. You know, and there's yeah. nothing we can do about it. So what I like is that, you know, he was kicked out of his little sect. Yeah. But the next time he sees, you know, Bo-Katan and Costco Reeves and whoever, mm-hmm. he's still Mandalorian. Right. Now, Steve, here's the thing, right? So mm-hmm. first first part of the glimpse that we get into the future of the Mandalorian, right? In season three, will he spend more time with his helmet off? Because now, what's the it's point? Not a, it's not a rule now. Right. Um, Although, and then here's the other side of that, though, right? She tells him the only, the one and only way that he can be admitted back into the covert. Steve, you want a wild prediction right now? This is playing it wait, way forward. 
What does she say to him? She tells him that he has to go to the waters underneath the something uh, on oh, Mandalore. And he's just he like, but, but it was destroyed. destroyed. Right. But I think, here's what I would guess, okay? Uh, he's going to try anyways, right? Maybe Grogu, when he gets back with Grogu's, he tells him like, hey, hey, po- hey, boss, hey, adoptive dad. Like, you know, let's try to get you back in your club, dad, you know? And maybe they go to Mandalore, they go looking around and maybe they find out that, hey, those waters are still intact somehow. Somehow we could still get there. But in a twist, Steve, of mm-hmm. excellent character growth, once he finally reaches that, he realizes, you know what? I don't need to belong to this covert anymore. They're a little bit extreme. I have found my own clan now because, look, we're getting like the super friends of, you know, Boba Fett, <laughs> Fennec Shand, uh, you know, Din Djarin, Grogu. I mean, I think you're going to see like a nice happy team there or at least, you know, they'll always be friends. They may go their separate ways, whatever. Uh, but that's what I think is going to happen. Steve, let's move on from there. Uh, from there. Our mm-hmm. guy, our guy Din Djarin, hops on a Starliner. The same ships he, that the Pikes use. He gets on. He yep. gets on the Greyhound bus, yeah. f- uh, ferry, <laughs> the Nantucket ferry, and uh, makes his way. The shame makes his way. We had no idea where he was going at that point. Where was Just... Bill Burr at that moment, Steve, to shame nope. him for riding? Oh yeah, public transit. See, and we'll get to Bill Burr later, but <laughs> yeah. Um, what I was expecting, I don't know. He was clear, you know, I'm, I have to assume he was dejected. And yeah. all we get is him in the helmet. He didn't yeah. have his helmet off, so we can't see his face. But the little Rodian boy turns around. Girl. Kinda... Steve, I think it's a Rodian girl. And now I'm only basing that, you know, she's wearing pink. So I, I don't think it would be pretty hard for us to know. But I think it's you even know, better no, if it's a little Rodian girl. Cause... No, back in the 17 and 1800s, boys wore pink all the time. I know, Steve. I love pink. Brett. Yeah, I, I love Brett. pink. We, we know. Steve, I'm wearing like salmon pink right now. Um, that is more like orange. It is. I think you're blind, too. I, I probably am. Um, <laughs> which is one thing a little Rodian girl will never be because it only affects males. Steve, uh, I, I love, though. Here's Here's a funny thing, right? A lot of times in the concept art, I feel like, oh, the concept art went a little further, was a little more creative than what you end up seeing in the episode sometimes. Sure. In this case, it was the opposite because the girl on the Starliner, oh, that's maybe another clue. It's a humanoid girl in the concept art. And I love, this is one of those little things that I'd love to read oh, the book someday. I didn't notice that. It's not a Rodian on the concept art? No, it's not. It's okay. a humanoid girl with a, she's wearing like a little helmet or something. Um, sure. Very cute, but... How much better is it that it's a Rodian kid? And I love that she turns Great. around and waves to him. And uh and 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 he kind of ignores her, but he makes up for it later, as we'll get does. to. He does. Uh but that was awesome. Him unloading all of his weapons when uh the little Rex droid made him, you know, cough everything up. Oh, to get he had so security. much too. So I much. thought for sure sh- I thought for sure that was gonna go awry. That was gonna happen something was gonna happen yes. on the bus where he was unarmed or Yep. Or or that he just or, wasn't gonna get his luggage back. Yeah, but no. Fortunately for him, Steve, he wasn't flying into Logan International Airport. Yes, there was the t- the. Uh, let's see, hold on, hold on. <laughs> he did get his stuff back. The Tatooine security agency was a little bit better than our TSA. And Steve, another little another little touch that I thought was great. the The Rex droid on the ring was like totally fine. Spoke very fine, like every everything fully functional. The one on the receiving end in Tatooine, I don't know if you noticed this, but like had a stutter. 
He was he was not up to par. Which is a great bit of world building, right? Because like, of course, yeah. you get to you're in Moss Eisley that they actually made fun of. I think in the last uh, maybe two episodes back, like, oh, do you want to go to Moss yeah, Eisley? Yeah, oh, you want to go there? Like, Ugh, right. <laughs> Which is you know surprising that it's not Logan Airport, but anyway. Um, so he gets there. Yeah, I was surprised he got his stuff back. Glad he did. And then he goes mm-hmm. to see our pal Backwater Ripley um, in the Moss Eisley Pel- spaceport. Peli Moto. Peli Moto. And her group of droids. Steve, I got to tell you, she has grown on me a lot. So, like, yeah. I remember the oh, first yeah. time she showed up on this show and I was like, man, she's kind of corny. Her jokes weren't really landing. At this time, I was so happy to see her. No, I was and telling somebody, like, we're, we're getting, like, Sesame Street vibes, where it's just like, oh, these are all our friends. All of our friends are here, and I'm so happy to see them. full of good references, too. It's oh, yeah. Like, it's reference city. Faster um, than a fatherer. Um, that was funny. <laughs> I, had to, I had to rewind that and re-listen to it and listen to hear that right. And you know what's brilliant um, about it, Steve, is that, like, so uh, you're tying in. I mean, it's, it's just a little comment, and somebody could have just mm-hmm. thrown it in for fun or whatever. But, like, you're tying together prequel, sequel, and original trilogy in a single shot at that point. Yep. Which is just phenomenal. Like I also just... love that new little droid. Oh, has. the droid. And you know what that's from, Steve? Fall, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order. The little backpack guy that uh, Cal Kestis has. So cool. I didn't actually play the game, but I've seen a lot of footage of it. And I, you know, I recognize the thing. People are so happy to see that. I thing. got about an hour into the game and yeah. it's really good. Yep. But I just. And Steve, even though we're not talking about anything Attention other than this episode disorder. today. They did just announce three more games coming from that company. Three more Star Wars games, including I heard a, that. I they heard didn't that. specifically say a follow up to Jedi Fallen Order. No, they said another game in the Jedi series. So maybe right. it's the same mechanics, the same engine they're using for the game. I don't. I, the impression that I got was that there's not going to be a Jedi Fallen Order two. Right. There's going to be a Jedi something else. So the first yeah. game was Fallen Order. The next game is going to have a different title. Which is great. In the series. Which is great. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think the best thing is, you know, we're, we're seeing new things. And I think that's really, at this point, you know, after the sequel trilogy, even though JJ didn't have the actual guts to go to Tatooine, he had to like rename everything. But anyways, it's kind of like we had seen a lot of the same stuff over and over again. He had again. fake guts. Yeah, he's fake guts. He's like, oh, this is Tatooine. I mean, Jakku. Which, by the way, Steve, that threw me off too. When you landed on Tatooine, you had those little gates that come from really Similar old style. Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah, that old Ralph McQuarrie concept art that they finally used on Jakku in The Force Awakens. And it's the yep. same kind of gate, but I guess that's just a thing that's around. That's what backwater sand planets use, man. Exactly. Exactly. How are you going to know mm-hmm. you're on a backwater sand planet without that? You need those. Uh, so he arrives there, uh, and Steve. He starts walking over. He's like, "Hey, you got my ship? Did you replace the Razor Crest for me?" She walks him over to a dirty rag sheet tarp, whatever it is, mm-hmm. sitting on top Which, of. Before she uncovered it, and I remember hearing rumors about this ship, ah. but before she before she uncovered it, I'm like, "That's pretty small." Right. Um, so, yeah. Did you think it could be a pod racer at first? With the shape of the first, like what looked like an engine yep. you, you, that she's walking toward it. I'm like, yeah, are they going to show us Anakin Skywalker's pod racer? Right. Is that what we have here? Is this the exact thing? Yeah. But no, it gets better. Even better. And Steve, that was the funny thing, right? My first thought was N1 Naboo Starfighter which uh, I, I just, it's my favorite ship. I think it's a lot of people's favorite ship, but like in all of Star Wars, maybe it's aside from there, the Millennium man. Falcon itself, which we take for granted at this point, but I mean, mm-hmm. best ship ever. Um, 
And I'm thinking like, no, nah, I can't possibly be that because that would just be too good to be true. <laughs> so then I'm thinking pod racer and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really make sense if he's no. looking for a ship to get around the galaxy in. And then she takes it off, Steve. And oh my goodness, like... And it is an N1 Starfighter. N1 Starfighter. Yes. Husk. All the parts and pieces right. that's all scattered about. Right. It looks it looks dumpy. Which of course, that makes all the sense in the world. And well, yeah. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. How, it, how does it, I want you to explain how it makes all the sense in the world? Oh, for it to be there maybe doesn't make sense. But like no, I mean, for, in terms of the story for that structure, to be, because well, for that to be Dinjarin's ship. Oh, I well, okay. Here, here, here. He's getting go. a cargo hold for freezing people. It's he's true. getting a weapons locker. It's a starfighter. It's true. Well, he's just gonna have to kill all his bounties well, now. That's all. What I would like to see is yeah. this amazing. He's he's got his hot rod in the garage. Yeah. But he's he's got like a something a little bit bigger than the Razor Crest. More oh. of a more of a light freighter that he can actually yeah. park the N one in. I think maybe when he teams up with more of his pals, maybe they sure. get something bigger. Steve, mm-hmm. how funny would this be, though? Now that he's got the N1, whenever he has a bounty, he's just like, look, I was going to take you in warm, but all I can fit in the cockpit is your head. Yeah, you're and out the he- back. I'm tethering <laughs> you out the back. <laughs> a little foreshadowing when he takes the Clatoonian's head. Oh, by the way, uh, Steve, forgot one little mm-hmm. thing there, which is super important. An Ishi tip, which I don't know if we've seen an Ishi tip which I thought was a specific name, but in the credits it says Ishi Tib something something. So I think that maybe that's the species. I don't remember. I completely forget who or what Ishi Tib is. Ishi Tib is like, uh, so there's one, I think, in Return of the Jedi that's green. They kind of have a head that comes out. I'm gesturing people that are just listening. It's got yeah. a head that comes out like this and kind of like a little beak. So the one when he brings the bounty to the table in the ring, in the little, you know, cafeteria okay. scene there, um, the, the main person that he's communicating, which... With which, by the way, has a very alien voice, which you know I'm a huge fan of. And what did take me a little bit out of the Clatoonian scene is that those guys also sound like they're from Jersey. Anyway, no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Um, but anyway, getting back, N1 Starfighter. So it makes sense to me, Steve, because you know in this show they love their 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 mechanical repair montages. So oh, yeah. we got one of those. Of course, it was a little enhanced, right? Because she had all this dialogue going on. I dated a Jawa. Oh, can I meet the Jawas? Which I don't know why he wanted to meet the Jawas other than it's hilarious. They're the best scavengers in the planet. Bro. They're so funny. And Steve, are you, are you <laughs> now? She speaks, now she speaks Jawa too. <laughs> she speaks too. Jawa. Amazing. Well, I mean, if you're going to date one, Steve, you got to learn the language. Well, the only, the communication we've had so far, I mean. <laughs> just so I, funny. I love the way Uncle Owen talked yeah. to them. Yeah. What are you trying to push on us? Yeah. He didn't yeah. try to speak Jawa. No, he didn't even try. <laughs> You're in America. Speak American. That was right. that was Uncle Owen. That was that was totally Uncle Owen. Uh I love that she spoke Jawa. I don't know about you, Steve. Mm-hmm. I am now very worried about the little Jawas. Ever since they said, Oh, they stole this from some pikes. And she's like, Yeah, the pikes don't mess around. They will slaughter you for any little like- thing. The Meanwhile, Jawas know the deal. The stormtroopers wiped out a bunch of them. They keep coming back. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So did Din Djarin. And they mm-hmm. and they immediately befriended him after that. Yep. Um, 
I and I'm sure would... <clears> they'll I'm sure they'll be happy to be friends with Boba Fett too after they stripped him down and left him for dead. Yeah, he, dude, he doesn't even remember it. Well, that's the best thing. They gave him a roofie. Yeah. He doesn't even know that happened. <laughs> they roofied him. <laughs> um, <laughs> people uh, kept asking, like, how does how does Boba not know his armor's not in the star? Like, oh, oh, yeah. well, he doesn't remember, you know? You so know? bro, yeah. He gets in the cockpit of that N one right. Starfighter. And he starts it up and but <laughs> we're, we're both that, milkers. We're both shaking our heads in laughter that, right now. That, I mean, was, was that a four barrel carburetor or what? Because <laughs> yeah. that, that did not sound like a starship. That, no, it did not. That no. we're used to at least. That no. sounded like somebody's some, they backed the Chevelle out of the driveway. Right. Put it in the gear. It stalled. Everybody's Started first up. car, Steve. Everybody's first car. Yeah, well, I had a Subaru Jesty. It did not sound like that. Oh, so now I had an '85 um, Corolla in 1995. Yeah, yours didn't sound like that. <laughs> that the Starfighter either. No, it didn't. But sound man, like he takes off, and it's like he's—I don't know—was he? He made. They make a comment about Beggars Canyon. Yes, we see Beggars Canyon, which really had we actually seen that in uh, the Phantom Menace, but we didn't know. Did yes. the pod races go through there? Yes, they did. Yeah, so okay. it's like the exact same. They, I mean, it looks I like he took some of that route from the the Boot to Eve race. Right, right. Because I didn't look this up. I, I don't have this officially confirmed, but it was exactly the same. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, and the fact that you first fly through the sort of plateau pillory structures, and yep. then you get into the canyon. And by the way, Steve, if you listen, the sound effects are exactly the same as the pod race. Like there's two shots, or I think they're transitioning from you know the plateaus to the the canyon and it's like the same exact sounds like the engine acceleration sound maybe well, they layered okay. a couple things on top of it but well i don't remember though they didn't have the uh that stuttering sound hmm. you know how all the pod races right sound no like it that? didn't have that right but it had but, so what they might have done is just taken anakin's engine specifically or something okay but when i heard it i, I mean it sounds exactly the same and steve and the I graphics had, were amazing incredible ah uh. So him lifting up out of the the hangar there where she where she built the ship, mm -hmm. I I you know that was the point that I mentioned earlier where I was like I have not seen anything that looks this good, I've not seen anything no. that wasn't real look this real ever, and the scale like the city looked so much more real than like I said than even Mos Espa does in the other episodes and it was just unbelievable the speed at which he takes off, people reacting to it on the ground. Just yeah, everything about it was perfect. It it, it was like in just the other day I, we watched a, a, a YouTube clip of uh, you know two like too close to the ground flybys. I yeah. think was the stupid name of it. <laughs> and you you have these air force and navy pilots just buzzing beaches at like twenty feet in the air. Yep. Yeah. It it, it kind of felt like that watching the uh, the N one fly fly right at the city's top. Yep. It was pretty cool. It was just unbelievable. Um, oh, by the way, then they show a little creature on the ground when Mando's about to fly by, which I'm wondering, is that a womp rat? Because I don't even remember what womp uh, rats look like. I In, fa I, in fact, I've, I forget that even happened. Which would be an interesting little Easter so. egg. I mean, you know, because that's what mm -hmm. Luke talk always talks about. Bull he was bullseye womp rats. You know, yeah. they're not too much bigger than two in meters. In a T-16. Although um, a womp rat, a womp rat being not as big as two meters. What yeah. kind of rat are we talking about? That's pretty large. That's pretty, yeah. That's a rodent of an unusual size. Yes, that's a definite ruse. <laughs> um, then, Steve, he takes off, right? So so he blasts off into space. He goes vertical. Flies by a Starliner. Sees the same little Rodian kid. Gave him I a loved. nod. Gave a her a nod. nod. Which redeemed himself. 
from his yeah. earlier slides. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Right? yeah. But you know what's funny? Here's another thing, Steve, that I didn't think about until the second time through. When that kid waves to him. So Mando, you know, when, when he's first on the Greyhound bus, as you called it appropriately, uh, he's kind of, de- like you said, dejected. You don't see a lot because yeah. the helmet's on, right? So you, mm-hmm. you're not seeing a lot of emotion in his face or anything, but you can tell he's dejected. And think about it. A little green kid pokes their head up. And it hit me like, you know, Mando's thinking, I used to have a little green kid, you know? Yeah, yeah, And that's okay. why he starts missing him even more, you know? Yep. And, Steve, the the kicker. The kicker with the whole N1 Starfighter thing. Kick, kick me with it. She took out the droid housing from the ship and left a little glass bubble. Is there any question that that's where Grogu will be riding for the uh, entirety of, of, of Mando season three, if not sooner? It would make sense. It's quite the setup, but I, <laughs> it's like it's this car so, seat okay. in the back of the ship. He, they have the nice. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But they have the. He has a nice interaction with two New Republic fighters. Yes, yes. Pilots. Tiva and uh, some one of other them guy. is our man from Kim's Convenience. Yep. I forget his name. Uh, Paul something. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> that's, that's the one part of the name I can say. The for sure. other guy. The yeah. other guy. Yeah, I believe. That? is the body double for Luke Skywalker in the season two finale. Oh, that I believe makes... that that is the actor that that did the physical stuff for oh, that scene. Oh, man. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty good. And yeah, that was a sure. great interaction. A little tidbit. Of and course like, he gets pulled uh... over again. <laughs> and the way he's interacting, the way he's talking to Din. Yeah. It's like, uh, so did you... Um... Was that you? Was that you? And all of a sudden, he just hits his accelerator. Oh, so oh he jumped. He jumped. How did no, he do he that? Jump. He didn't start That's the hyperspace drive. Engine. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, uh, man. That was so Because he, he probably could have got away with it if he had said, did you? Uh, yeah, I think you pulled me out of the snow cave. Uh, yeah. Which, that was the thing. I don't know why they Mando kinda, took off, they man. Kinda, they kind they parted on good terms, but he wasn't, he wasn't admitting to anything and just hit the button and right. rolled. He's still a little skittish. Yeah, he still has a little bit of a fear of law enforcement. <laughs> okay, so the thing that has grown on me ever since the episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, he comes and parks. All right. Yep. Pelimoto rolls up. Ah, oh, what do you think? Yep. Wizard. Oh yes, Steve. <laughs> I wait. Wait. So, so when you first heard it, were you like, "That's kind of hokey and dumb," or did you? Oh, completely. Yeah. Completely. I'm like, yeah. oh, really? Yeah. But I thought. I thought about it. I'm like. That could be common vernacular for awesome in Star Wars. How don't we know? It could. So I'm like, I'm like, that's a good call. <laughs> but is that is that more like guys our age using like teen slang? It's a good question. Although, it, well, it did it did come off like that because I mean, we don't hear we don't hear Din Djarin cracking jokes or right. It kind of saying, saying off the cuff stuff. But think about so. it, Steve. Uh, Anakin, had he lived, would have been like what sixty years old at this point, fifty well, something. Um, I believe he was mid to early forties. Oh, upon okay. His death. Oh, he just. So you eight. need to fast forward. He's probably in his yeah mid mid forties or fifties. Okay, all right. So but so it's an old term, right? So it, so it's kind of sure. old. This is like us using slang from the sixties or something. Um, no, I, yeah, it, it, it kind of cracked me up and far uh, out, you know, maybe dude, so, far out. so many people, so many people use that term now on star Wars Twitter that I, I thought it was hilarious, which, and by the way, Steve, just this whole idea, the whole aesthetic, the, the, the N one, the possibility mm-hmm. of baby Yodes riding in the bubble, 
<laughs> I felt like, you know, as awesome as Lucasfilm is, I think they're finally catching up to the creativity levels of like Malaysian fan art, which by the way, Steve, if you ever follow, it's some of the best stuff I've ever seen for Star Wars. And of course it's unofficial, right? Malaysian it, fan art? Malaysian fan art. I, I don't know I why. No for idea. some reason, bunch of kids in Malaysia who are like amazing illustrators, graphic designers that just do this amazing Star Wars fan art. It's a thing, Steve. It's a thing. You know, Jeff and I talked about it a couple of years ago on the show. When the movies were when the sequel movies were coming out, you know, they yep. would put stuff out there like, hey, maybe we'll go back to Cloud City. And they would they would do these amazing scenes that you're just like, Oh my gosh, I hope that's in the movie. They and, need and to get course, back to Cloud City. Yeah. So I'd love to see Bestman again. I want to see what right? that yeah. place looks like. And I think they show it at the end of Rise of Skywalker. But again, th this is way better, though. These Malaysian fan artists. Anyway, I'm so glad that Lucasfilm is finally like this is the type of thing mm -hmm. that would be in fan art. Right. Like sure. Mando flying an N1 with baby Yoda in the bubble in the back. Like anyway, Steve, last question before we wrap this up. When do we see so at the very end of the episode? And this is the thing that I was wrong about. Um, you, t you, you reminded me last night is that, uh, Mando says, uh, what he actually says is I need to go see a little friend. Is that right? Or make a visit or visit a little friend. Yeah. Right. So, so, so Fennec now, recruits him to help Boba, which he's doing on the house. Yeah. Cause he likes yeah. Bobes. Me, yeah. Cause we're, he's, he, we're he, boys. he did me a huge solid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Got me out of a pickle. Your, your money's no good here. Right. Right. And then he says, but, I got to peace out and go visit my little buddy. Yeah. So that, okay. So that, that poses a question. Does he know exactly where he is? Because huh. if Boba needs help and Fennec is trying to hire people to help Boba Fett, if he says, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm here to help. I'm good. But yeah, no, I got to go take care, some, take care of something. Yeah. How's if he help? has no idea where Grogu is now, Oh, how yeah. long is that little errand going to take? That could take a while. So if he doesn't know where he is, that could be, you know, they could take him years to find him. Right. So that's probably not it. He, I'm guessing he kind of knows. Yeah. I got, I got the impression that he did maybe, know. Maybe the gap in between season two finale yeah. and when he rolls into that, that ring for that bounty. Yeah. He you, you know, maybe came, came into information, talked to Luke, who knows, but. Maybe there's a deleted if, scene where he had Luke fill out some yeah. paperwork before he left with Grogu. If we're going to see Din again yeah. in the, the book of Boba Fett, the last two episodes, I mean, he can't be spending too much time looking for Grogu because right. the, the pikes are coming to town and Bobu's looking to mount up. Right. Because I, I, I think and, there's no doubt he accepted he accepted I, the job. I yeah. just said Bobu. Did you? <laughs> Boba is looking to mount up. Grogu is with Right. Luke. Right. And, um, and, and here's the thing. And he said, he, yeah, he accepted the job. In spite of Grogu being a, a, a Jedi... Like, are you really going to bring him to that kind of a fight already? Like, you know, that's not that's Yeah. So I mean, look, clearly, we've always think, known Mando is an unfit parent. And I don't think he's, I don't think going to visit a little friend means he's going to go get him. Okay. I think he's going to, I think he's going to give him that gift. And then come back. Check on him. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking he know if we're going to see Din this season, he knows where he is and he yeah. can come back in short so, order. So maybe we don't see Grogu then this season. So maybe, maybe that's exactly I would say right. No. And in, if, yeah, if we, I think if we see if we see Grogu, it's gonna be Din going to see him. He sees him. How much time are we gonna spend there? Then we're down to an episode and a half. Mm -hmm. 
to either wrap up this Boba Fett thing or set the stage for season two. Right. We're, right. We are running out of time. Yeah, it seems the, unlikely. A massive showdown. Right. So right. if we spend any more time with Mando separately from Boba Fett, uh-huh. it's, yeah, I don't know. The, I guess the only other way they could do it, Steve, is they use Mando and Grogu very sparsely. Like maybe Mando, Mando and Mandu. Now we're just mixing up all the vowels. <laughs> Cat Mandu! Cat Mandu! And Grogu come back in uh, the N1, which needs a name, by the way. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, maybe they just come back in some final firefight at the end of the season of Book of Boba Fett. And, you know... Maybe they're, you oh, know, everything's looking grim. And then in comes the N1. I can see that. Take out some people. Baby Yoda's got his hands up in the air, waving around, having a blast. I don't see him leaving, though. I don't see him leaving. Yeah. No, he's right. going to have to leave Luke at some point. Yeah. But what, and you, what you would yeah. think. And what would be the reason, right? Right. Like, so. well, yeah, that's, oh, man. Well, I don't know, Steve. All I know is that this was the greatest advertisement for The Mandalorian Season 3. Like, honestly, like. Of don't course. even give us a trailer. Of course. Don't even give us a trailer now. I don't like, need one. I don't need Especially one. Especially if it's coming out. In, if it's it's rumored to come out in December. Yeah. Mando season three. Makes sense. So another Christmas release. Right. So if, if we're really oh. getting, like they've said, Kenobi and Cassian yep. in the Andor show, yep. in between that with a Bad Batch show. Oh, man. Right. You know, about I don't Bad need Batch. To be, I don't need to be seeing trailers for stuff that's like three, four shows down the road yet. Right. Absolutely. I don't need it. I'm sure people will complain about not having it, but not me. Which makes you wonder, Steve, how well are they going to be able to fill up that Star Wars celebration slate? What are they going to be able to show? You know, like that's kind of been one of my big questions. And can you wait? I don't care. I'm not even going. I know. I hope hope it gets canceled. I I kind of do too. You know what? Have it next year. I, I apologize for all my friends in the international market that might be listening that have confirmed plans (laughs) that it's gonna it's gonna be awful for them to have to reschedule again if they can't even or me steve i don't worry about you (laughs) your refundable tickets i'm not going that far yeah i'm not worried about it i might not go steve i'm I'm still on the fence about that one yeah no i I would would love for it to be delayed a year until they have more to show and maybe even something that's an actual film and not just because to me that's the thing right if you're going to Mm -hmm. star wars celebration if, if there's a movie to show off for That's the very huge first driver. time. Huge, a huge driver. Huge. Remember how you felt standing in the crowd when the Rise of Skywalker trailer oh, hit man. at Celebration Chicago? Yep. 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 Amazing. Hey, Steve, by the way, the Move Milkers might not know that we watched the Mandalorian trailer together for the first time at Celebration Chicago. Mm-hmm. Were and... you, you, oh, you, we were both in the audience for the, uh, that they showed us like the first 10 minutes of the episode. Yeah, which was amazing, which was insane. Oh. And Ridiculous. somebody pointed out, by the way, one of the, the, the thing that the Jawas brought from the Pikes for Mando's new ship was the same thing from the cra- trash compactor. That was the same thing that's in looked, the trash yeah, in Mando season one. That, that knurled section of it gave that away. Yep. I'm like it's like a long before. muffler. Yeah. And it didn't do much to hold back no. those walls. No, not at all. No, Steve, wasn't that good. This My was man. amazing. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing episode. Thank you so much for joining us on the Skywalk to talk about it. Of course. Man, so much. I'm just so excited for these next two episodes. It's going to be crazy. It's, it's going to be crazy. I want to see Bill Burr. I want Mayfeld oh. on top of Jabba's Palace sniping pikes 10 at a time. Man, what a rowdy bunch this is shaping up to be, huh? Like oh, yeah. You got, so now you got Boba, Fennec, Kersantan. You got yep. the bumper car kids. Maybe you got, <laughs> yes. maybe you yeah. got Bill Burr coming back. You got mm-hmm. Mando coming back, man. 
Thank you, Steve. Until next time, this is Brett. And this is Steve. And we're just talking about the Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 5, and Bryce Dallas Howard, baby, on the Skywalker.